Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. Swarm and tackle. Attack. We got out block them. We got out tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in. It is the final regular season edition of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Football Edition. I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined, as always, by Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott. A.J., it's a great time in college football. It is, man. All the these are. This is like the... Uh, the the, these, the playoffs are started. Yes. Like you now, if, if some of these teams lose, they're done. It's over. The games so, in November are the ones you remember. Yeah, Washington. Uh, whatever you think. Last week was a playoff game for them mm-hmm. against Oregon State. This week is a playoff game for them against Washington State. Next week is a playoff. Like every one of these games is a playoff game for most of these teams at this point. I don't know who could afford to lose a game and be okay right now. I don't know that there is anyone nope. who can afford to lose a game and still be okay. Uh, let's go over some of the news and notes that have happened, you know, since we last spoke. Uh, well, you and I speak every day, but since we last spoke to this audience, I, maybe the the biggest thing that happened last week was the injury to Jordan Travis. Yes, and a, a team that we assumed was going to be one of the four. Um, I. It, I, I don't know what happens now. I don't. I don't. I don't know that they can beat Louisville now. I don't know if they can beat Florida this week now mm-hmm. without Jordan Travis. That was a devastating loss for well, a devastating loss from a personnel standpoint. Obviously, won the game, but just a a brutal time for that to to happen to Jordan Travis, who's one of the best players in the country. Uh, how does the committee look at Florida State? I mean, I think if they're undefeated, they're in. Well, yeah, because you have to look at what plays out in front of them. So the committee made a statement uh, here on Tuesday night with the latest rankings by putting Washington ahead of Florida State. So Washington's four, and Florida State is the first team out at number five. But Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other. So one of those teams is going to be eliminated. So being ranked fourth or fifth doesn't really matter right now because one of the teams, two or three, is going to be knocked out of the college football playoff picture. But I do think that it's important – that they have Washington ahead of Florida State because Oregon is sitting there at number six. And if Oregon beats Washington, there's a legit argument for Oregon to leapfrog Florida State and get ahead of them. The the committee chair says it has nothing to do with Jordan Travis's injury. It has to do with what Washington did this past week. Yeah, Washington won a big game, and Florida State won a team against an FCS – won a game against an FCS school. But you'd be naive to – not to think that the injury doesn't affect the, the committee because if Florida State, let's say, wins the next two games, they finish the season undefeated, but they do not look impressive, they barely get by, they're going to take that into consideration when looking at them compared to another team because losing your quarterback, your Heisman candidate quarterback, quarterback, and let's say you barely scrape by, well, if they lose one game, they're out. They're 100% out if they lose one game. I, I agree. But if they last-second field goal or overtime victory in both of these games, Florida and the Louisville game in the ACC championship, Florida is going to be lucky to be number four. I think if they're unbeaten, they'll still get in. I mean, they they played a, a massive non-conference game against LSU and dominated that mm-hmm. game. Uh, they won at Clemson, which, I mean, it's a... It, 
now it's not doesn't look like a great win, but it's a you know, and then uh, you assume if they if thing if they win both games, they would win at Florida. They would have two two wins over SEC schools in non conference play. Mm-hmm. It, it would be hard to leave them out. I would understand why the thought process would pop up certainly because they're not the same team. Nope. But they would have to be like if they beat Florida at Florida and they beat Louisville with a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that they've done enough. Now, do I think they've got any chance in hell in competing once they get there? That's the thing, no. and that's what the committee doesn't want. The committee doesn't want to have. Yeah, but they put Cincinnati in a couple of years. They knew what sure. was going to happen, and they still put them in mm-hmm. because they were like, well, they earned it. And all the, they earned an ass-kicking is what they earned, and that's what Florida State's going to earn. But I, I think the – honestly, and this sounds a little harsh because, I mean, obviously I didn't want to see Jordan Travis get hurt. I'm, I'm a fan. This does it, – it opens up them to lose, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Florida State losing for a competitive makes, makes Final Four – Makes everything easier. It really does. Because if Florida State loses, what you get is a clean, a, a clean path uh, for everyone else. You'll, you'll have an SEC champion – Oregon, uh, a Big Ten Big, champion, Big Ten, Michigan, or Ohio State, a Pac-12 champion, Washington or Oregon, and presumably Texas if Texas wins mm-hmm. out. Yep, and it's clean. Yep, and there, there's nobody who's feeling like. I mean, I guess if Georgia loses, I could they could make an argument that they're being left out, and there'll be people who are banging the table that Georgia should be in, but. I don't know. I, like, I don't feel like Georgia's as dominant as they have been. Uh, Georgia didn't go out of their way to to play anyone good in non-conference play. They played a pretty weak schedule. Played UT Martin, Ball State, UAB. Like, this this is their big non-conference game this week against Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that anybody's going to feel bad for them. Um, I, I, I don't know that anybody's going to be feel bad for the one loss Big Ten winner because the Big Ten feels like it's a little down. Uh, so it just feels like this opens things up for a clean, yeah. you know, the the one team that I can see bitching, but they, there's no way they'll get in, is Louisville. If Louisville says, well, hey, we won the ACC and we've just got one loss, and people oh, that's cute, nice job, yeah, but they're not going to take out nope. one of these brand names uh, to put in Louisville. So I, that's the, the upside to Florida State's injury is that it, it might make for a, a cleaner cut uh, when it comes time to get down to four. The other big news dominating – College football is the Jim Harbaugh news. He is not going to coach this weekend against Ohio State. There's rumors that he may not coach next year. And if that's the case, I would imagine he is coaching next year, just not wearing a blue hat with May's M on it. Like, no, it'll be a blue hat with orange on it as he's the Chicago Bears. Head. It might might very well be. So, Or he'll have a lightning bolt. I don't know. There's a lot of <laughs> options. There's a lot of possibilities out there uh, for Coach Harbaugh. But, yeah, this is a – I mean – We've seen the line move uh, for towards Ohio State. This is now almost painted three. Uh, the 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 look ahead was seven. I mean, there was a lot of confidence in Michigan, and there's just none right now. Um, so I don't know how much it impacts the game because Jim Harbaugh is not a play caller. Mm-hmm. So it it shouldn't be, and he's allowed to be there during the week. He's allowed to, you know, he's allowed to do everything except be there on game day. Um, but there's certainly a cloud over everything now. I just and think there's just massive distractions with Michigan. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And look, the number you can get a three and a half at DraftKings right now, and and that's the number that I would love to play Ohio State at because I think that if anything, this comes down to a field goal. 
Ohio State's played better than expected. They've certainly been upgraded in the market. And I, I know it's in Ann Arbor, but there's just a lot of distraction going on with Michigan right now. All right, let's jump and in. And Michigan got banged up last week. Too. That's true. Let's jump into the games. And little uh, unique schedule. There's a lot of games on Friday. There's one top 25 game on Thursday. Uh, but we'll go ahead. Well, let's start there. Let's start with the Egg Bowl on Thursday. Ole Miss laying 10 at Mississippi State. 55 and a half is the total. And Mississippi State, this is weird. I, I mean, they're they're obviously going to fight. They're at five wins. Mm-hmm. And you've got a list of teams that are sitting at five wins right now. Actually, before we get into the games, I guess let's hit that list. Let's talk about the teams that need a win this week to get bowl eligible. Yep, so let's go by conference. We'll start in the American Athletic Conference, the teams that need a win for bowl eligibility. South Florida, Navy, and Rice. Over to the ACC, Virginia Tech and Syracuse. In the Big Ten, Nebraska, Illinois, and Minnesota. In the Big 12, BYU, UCF, and TCU. In the MAC, we love MACTION, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, and Eastern Michigan. Over in the Mountain West, Utah State and Colorado State. In the Pac-12, Cal and Washington State. In the SEC, Florida, the aforementioned Mississippi State, and South Carolina. And in the Sun Belt, Marshall, Louisiana, and Old Dominion. Okay, so there you go. Those are the teams that we think have added motivation this week because they're trying to uh, trying to find that bowl game. So uh, let's keep that in mind as we hit these games. And let's start with that Mississippi State game. Uh it feels like this – I mean, they fired their coach. It, it, this feels like just a weird transition period for Mississippi State. None of these players signed on to play with Zach Arnett, mm-hmm. but now he's gone, and you don't know who the next coach is going to be. Will Rogers was out for a while with an injury. He came back last week against Southern Miss, and they win, but he hit 44% of his passes. And to be quite honest, he wasn't that good before the injury. Like yeah. he was, he was playing pretty poorly. This is odd for me because I I feel like my numbers have to be off, or I make this about fifteen on a neutral. So this gives a lot of credit to Mississippi State's home field, but it also gives a lot of credit to this is a rivalry game, and these uh, this is a, a a high motivation game for Mississippi State. Um. It's all, this is always scary to play a Mississippi under, an old Miss under. But I, I think they've been they haven't been putting up the cartoon numbers they normally do. No. I, I think the under is the look I'm going to have here. So I like the under a lot. It's 55 and a half up on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Ole Miss uh, will utilize their running game to just wear down Mississippi State. And if that's the case, then the clock's just going to continue to move. And there could be some long sustained drives that lead to Ole Miss points. And then we see this game being an Ole Miss win, maybe a cover and an under. The last four meetings in this series, though, have all been decided by 10 points or less. So if that's weighing on you as to whether or not to lay the points with Ole Miss, we saw this open up at higher than 10, and it's been bet down to 10. So I actually would lean Mississippi State plus the points, but the under is my strongest bet here because of the way the game script I think is going to play out. I think Ole Miss is going to run the ball. Yeah, I think so too. And listen, Ole Miss doesn't have any – they don't have – they've got no shot to win the the SEC West. So this is a – for them, this is just a rivalry game. And obviously – 
all these kids grew up together. They all, you know, they made their choices, and some of these guys went to school together in high school. So this is a big game, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I think ten points is probably too many. But I think the under is better than trying to uh, to pick a side here. All right, let's get to the Friday games. Another team you mentioned who needs a sixth win is TCU. And TCU, think about that, played for a national title last year, <laughs> and here they need a win to get bowl yeah. eligible. Oklahoma, meanwhile, still has a chance to win a. They still have a chance to get into the Big Twelve title game. Yeah, they need so some help. Let, let, let me let me label let me uh, let me label it out here because it's the whole situation is a mess. The Big Twelve. The Big 12. There's a lot of. Uh, pardon my French fuckery going yeah, on. Yeah, and and Brett Yormack's comments the other the, the other day, the commissioner, you know, kind of anti Texas. But here's the well, te- anti Texas and Oklahoma. Yes, like he yes. doesn't want he them doesn't in want this. The teams they're leaving. Yes. Okay. So the easiest scenario is just Texas beats Texas Tech. That's one spot locked up. Texas is in the championship. Get at, they get out of all tiebreaker scenarios yes. with that. Now, if Oklahoma State beats BYU, then Oklahoma State will play Texas in the title game. If Oklahoma State loses and Oklahoma beats TCU, then Oklahoma goes. There's also a scenario in which Kansas State can beat Iowa State and then hope that both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State loses and then Kansas State gets in. Now, if Texas loses to Texas Tech, they still could get into the title game because they would just need two of the three teams to lose. But... A Texas Tech loss creates a four-way tie between, uh, excuse me, a Texas loss to Texas Tech would likely mean a four-way tie between Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. And then it comes down to the brand new rulings that the Big 12 wants to put in with the composite rankings. And all right, easy scenario here. Texas wins, they're in. Oklahoma State wins, they're in. Oklahoma needs a win and an Oklahoma State loss to BYU. Yeah. Which BYU a considerable dog, so yeah. we'll, we'll get, and we'll get to that game later on. Um, but also, they're like they're just being so shifty about it. Like they're saying, we'll announce the tiebreaker scenarios if they come up. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, but whatever. TCU has been competitive in almost every game this year. Uh, the times they were blown out have been on the road, which worries you. Iowa State. Score is closer than the than the game was. 27-14 was the final. It wasn't that close of a game. And they were just dominated at Kansas State. But I, I just don't have any idea what to think of Oklahoma right now. First of all, we, Dylan Gabriel got hurt last week. Well, we Brent don't... Venable says that he's going to play. Okay. So. Well, coach never lies. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he expects him to play. Um, but they, they were tied with BYU in the fourth quarter last week. Mm-hmm. I think BYU is clearly the worst team in the Big 12. They, it's a strategy. They were giving BYU confidence. That were they? they? Beat Oklahoma State. They were outgained <laughs> by BYU. <laughs> if they don't win the turnover battle 3 nothing, which, by the way, includes a 100-yard pick six, mm-hmm. they lose that game. Oh, and did I mention BYU was playing with a backup quarterback? Yeah. Uh, I'd lean to TCU catching double digits here. What do, you, what do you think? I would lean that way as well. I think Oklahoma wins, but uh, Oklahoma just doesn't cover. That, that, that's my opinion. Um, they, don't, they haven't been creating margin, uh, and I think Dylan Gabriel being banged up could also lead to them you know, possibly taking him out if they have a comfortable lead in the fourth quarter. And then freshman Jackson Arnold comes in and, and plays the strings out, and then maybe – 
we have a TCU backdoor cover with this big number. So I think a lot of things are in play here. Oklahoma is 4-1 ATS at home, and this is their final Big 12 regular season game, and they want to you know, give themselves the best chance to get to the championship game. I think Oklahoma wins, but I don't like laying the 10 with them. All right, let's look at Iowa at Nebraska. We've had Iowa- a flip. We've had a flip favorite. Have we? Well, yeah. Iowa opened up as a favorite, and now Nebraska is the favorite in this game. Nebraska laying two and a half. The total in this game, 26 and a half. 26 and a half. What a fun matchup. Um, It's embarrassing. Nebraska's covered four of the last five against Iowa. These teams are just putrid. I I don't know how to say nice things. Iowa's been dominating defensively, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe the the best news for Nebraska is in recent games they've not been forcing the turnovers that they were. So like the 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 defense is still suffocating; they're just not turning you over. Both of these teams very run heavy, both really solid against the run. Iowa doesn't have to take any risks; they're locked into their spot in the Big Ten title game. I I just don't know where points come from in this game. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the only play I can make in this game is under 26 and a half. Like I, I really think that might be the best value is under 26 and a half. Is um, that am I am I crazy? Maybe uh, this is gonna this, this is probably gonna be let's let's call it. Um, yeah, maybe it does go over. I was gonna say 13 10. That's, that's under 23, I know, but maybe I was thinking a higher score. But let's, I guess 13 10 makes sense. I like Iowa here. I'm taking the points with Iowa. <laughs> they just don't allow points to not cover. That's true. Yeah. I mean, listen, I certainly much they rather have 12 points a game. I, we learned our lesson again last week. You can't play Iowa as a favorite. Like, it, it's just not. No, you just bet a money line. You don't lay the points. Yes. I mean, it's. We played them they in the. They win football games like. Iowa's nine and two, and and they had the the ridiculous loss to um, to uh, Minnesota, which came with some controversial. Right, there was the uh, the the touchdown was yep. wiped away after a fair catch, so th- th- there was a lot of controversy with that twelve ten loss to Minnesota. Otherwise, you're looking at an Iowa team that is ten and one, and their only loss was at Penn State. Like this is it's it's not pretty. It's not. Good football. It's not entertaining football, but it's winning football. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Although I, it, I do think, I think Nebraska can win this game. But again, do I want to lay points with Nebraska? No. I, I mean, maybe, maybe. Like, would you consider Iowa money line? Yeah. A little plus money value. It's funny. I, I was thinking I might play Nebraska money line. I, it's I, not that high, though. It's only plus 105. You might as well take the points. Yeah, you're probably right. This yeah. thing goes to a third overtime. You go to the two-point conversion territory. What, what it's, just, it's just a disgusting game. Um, again, the, the fact that like I dug into this game, and the, the best thing I could find is the under 26 and a half. I, I probably just shouldn't be betting on this game. Like I, I should probably say, you know what? Let this happen. You guys go ahead and play that game. I won't have to turn the TV on. There'll be plenty of games on Friday to watch. Uh, UTSA plus three and a half at Tulane. We'll save for best bets. So let's look at Mizzou minus seven and a half at Arkansas. A total of fifty four and a half. So Missouri's in the running for a New Year's Six bowl game. Like yeah. Well, look at what they're ranked right now. Mizzou is number nine in the country. Yeah. They win this game against Arkansas. That's it. Like they're they're going to finish the year ten and two, and they'll be in a big time bowl game. And their offense is just on fire. Arkansas. This is 
they are hitting the reset button. They are already looking ahead to next season. They've said that Sam Pittman's coming back. Yeah, which I can't believe they said. (laughs) That's what they said. Sam Pittman's coming back. So just, you know what? Let's end the season. You know what the bigger news was, though? K.J. Jefferson may not be back. Yeah. Which is a disaster for Arkansas because once he leaves, like, are you going to get someone better than him? No. I don't think. Not the way their program's going right now. I I think it's just, uh, you know what? Let's just... Let's wash it away. Let's end the season now. Uh, Missouri has won six of the last seven games in this meeting, and I, I think the lane. I think you can lay the points here. I think Missouri just puts up a big number. Yeah, Arkansas being dead for bowl purposes, and then the KJ Jefferson news. Uh, they're down to their third running back. I don't know where their points come from. Uh, the, the Arkansas's offensive line has given up forty sack, over forty sacks this season. And Mizzou's done a good job getting after the quarterback. Like, where's the offensive production come from? Um, Mizzou has, a, like you mentioned, the the bowl possibility. This is our first chance to get to double-digit wins since 2014. That's a big deal. And they've been so consistent offensively. They're balanced with the run in the past. Schrader's been great. Cook's been fantastic. I mean, it it feels like Mizzou is a really good team, and Arkansas is a team that doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. And home field or not, I I I don't know that it matters much. I don't love that there's a hook, uh, but it, it's the way I'd lean. Certainly, That's what is it feels to, like to me. It just feels like Arkansas is a dead team. Just wants to get into the off season already. You're probably and right. And you know what? Without a bowl game, and the fact that this is another point that I just thought of right now. So give myself credit uh, <laughs> because Sam Pittman's coming back next year. A lot of coaches utilize bowl games as an early start on next season. Yeah. But because they don't have a bowl game, this might be Sam Pittman's time to see what he has down the roster. So you might see some players get some playing time in this game for Arkansas that haven't played all season just because Sam Pittman wants to get a look at them to see what he has going into the spring. Well, I mean, I don't know if the K.J. Jefferson decision is made. If it has been made, if Sam Pittman knows it's been made, mm-hmm. why are you playing him? Yeah. I mean, why? I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to play. Well, and the running backs, I mean, Sanders at Rocket Sanders is out. Like, they, they don't have an option of, on, like, mm-hmm. playing guys who haven't really played much this season. So, uh, they're, in a, they're in a rough spot. All right. Defensive side of the ball. You're going to get a lot of guys getting playing time in this game that haven't played all season. Yeah, long. you're probably just right. They, just, they have to get a look at them. Texas Tech, uh, plus 12 and a half. Let's save this for best bets. Okay. We're going to save that one then. Penn State, minus 21 at Michigan State. Total in this one is 42 and a half. And this game being played at Ford Field. It's yeah, not first, a not a true home game. It's the first neutral site game between these two teams. How about that? I, I'm, uh, I'm certainly not running to lay three touchdowns with Penn State. No. And we talked about fading Penn State last week. That was one like we looked at Rutgers as one of the possibilities for our contest. We went four and three on the contest, mm-hmm. so another winning week. But like at this point, we need a couple six and one, seven and O's to yeah. to really have a shot. Um, but thank goodness we didn't because Penn State poured it on late and by half a point they cover. They cover, yeah. um, which was weird because Drew Allard got knocked out of the game, uh, and, and the, then Bo Prabula comes in and they turn into a service academy. Yeah, they, well, the first thing they do is score a 40-yard rushing touchdown, which they haven't done all season. And you know what the thing is? Like, if he plays in this game, because right now James Franklin said Drew Aller is going to play, which I honestly don't like because I'd rather have Pribula. Well, he had a bloody nose last I'd week. I'd rather have Prabula in because <laughs> the quarterback run becomes something that you have to defend now, and I liked what I saw. 
out of that offense. I, I, they only threw one pass, but I like what I saw out of that offense. And I think that Penn State's still in the mix for a New Year's Six Bowl game. They're 11th in the country right now. A win here gets them into the top 10, and they're probably going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game. So I, I think they're going to roll here. I, I don't want to lay the big number, but they're 6-0 ATS in, you know, in the conference. It's just um, you know, when they're in wins, yeah. in wins in the conference. Uh, I'm going to do what I did last week. Here. I'm going to do what I did last week because I didn't like laying the big number with Penn State. Mm-hmm. I said I'm going to play. I, last week I played Rutgers team total under. Easy. Yeah. I'm gonna, it's it, Michigan State's team total is 10 and a half. Yep. I, I played it again. Uh, I, like okay. Michigan State scored three against Ohio State. They scored zero against Michigan. Why? Who, what are they going to do? Are they going to suddenly turn into a juggernaut? Like, nope. and whatever, like all the stuff you're talking about, who's starting at quarterback? Doesn't matter to me. Sure. I, I just, I know the one unit I trust in this game is Penn State's defense. Yep. I do think they are an elite defense. Uh, so to me, that's the play is, is Michigan State team. To- they've already been held under 10, and they've already been held under uh, 10 points four times this year. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, and now they're playing Penn State's defense, which is just a monster. I, I don't see them scoring uh, into double digits, so I, I'll go under 10.5 on Michigan State's team total, my favorite play for this game. All right, let's look at the Civil War. Oregon State plus 13.5 at Oregon, total of 62.5. Help me do some math here. Oregon State was just favored against Washington. Mm-hmm. At and home. Now they're catching almost two touchdowns against a team that Washington already beat. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, had Oregon State been blown out, it'd be one thing, but they won the stats in that game. You can argue, I mean, if you take away the turnovers, they would have won that game. Uh, And you can say, well, DJ turns it over, which is valid, but he'd been playing so much better before then. I don't know. I I feel like, uh, I, I still feel like Oregon State was kind of the right side in that game. And maybe I'm just being a baby because I lost one of my favorite plays of the year. Mm-hmm. But this feels like an overreaction. And, the, I mean, the concern is certainly that Oregon State's a bad tackling team. And that's, that's reared its head uh, a couple times. It reared its head against Washington. That'd be a problem against Oregon. I, and Bo Nix is going to want to keep putting up Heisman numbers. He may have an opportunity to do it here. I think this is a high-scoring game, but I think Oregon State can keep it within two touchdowns here. Like, I, I, maybe the, maybe the play would be Oregon team total over. Yeah, I like that. It's the it, well, especially because they've won their last five games and they've scored thirty-five in each game. Yeah, so uh, at least thirty-five in each game. I think it's the dream crusher for Oregon State. Like that's it. Like they had a chance to upset Washington and possibly get to the Pac-12 title game, and now now I understand it's a rivalry. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's the only thing. And th- they this haven't is... won at Austin since 2007. Like yeah. this is not a good trip for them. This is the last time they're playing them. Mm-hmm. Like Washington and Washington State have agreed to to play going yeah. forward. Oregon and Oregon State have no such agreement. As far as as far as Oregon, I think Oregon State's like very bitter about this whole thing. As far as they're concerned, this is the end of their relationship. I think they're going to fight tooth and nail in this game. And, I mean, it, Oregon's really good. Could they blow them out? Certainly. Yeah. But I think Oregon State can can do something. I think Oregon State can run the ball again. Um, and, again, you have to hope that DJ doesn't turn it over, which who knows? That, that you talk about a frustrating prospect. Like, there's times you see him throw the ball and you're like, oh, my God, this guy is a player. Mm-hmm. And then there's just times when it's like, oh, no thanks. Uh, but – 
I, I don't know. I, I, I do think Oregon's going to have some success because, I, like I said, Oregon State's just so bad as a tackling team. Um, I, I think Oregon team total over is the way to go because I'm I'm nervous that Oregon State can can hang around within these two touchdowns. I haven't seen a, a team total number, but I have seen Oregon over four and a half touchdowns. And what's the uh, what's the minus one seventy five over okay. four and a half touchdowns? Uh, I'm looking at Oregon. That, there's your thirty five points right there. Yeah, Oregon. Uh, the team total I'm seeing here is Oregon over thirty eight and a half. Mm, I'd rather have the over four and a half touchdowns. Actually, there's a 37 and a half out there too at minus 115. There's a couple 37 and a half minus 115. Over 38 and a half is uh, plus 102. I'd so. rather have the uh, over four and a half touchdowns because that's 35 points. Yeah. So they're going to score five touchdowns, 35 points, and then you'll, that's that's the bet I would make. All right, let's go to Saturday, the big game, the game that we've all been waiting for, and I. I, I wish I had a stronger feeling on this. Ohio State plus three at Michigan. 46 and a half is the total. Um, it's the first time Michigan's been favored in this game since 2018. That's crazy, right? Uh, and I think that was only like that was a one off time in 2018. Even. Michigan has not beaten Ohio State as a favorite since 2011. That sounds about right. Um, I, should I have played Ohio State at plus seven? You know, Fez and RJ gave me some grief about that because I said I don't at plus three. I don't have a, a real feel. I should have had a feel at plus seven. I, I I'm just like all season long. I've said Michigan's better than Ohio State, and now we get to the game, and I'm just not so sure. I, I don't have any confidence in this game uh, on one side or the other. Like uh, Ohio State winning this game outright wouldn't shock me at all. Michigan winning by ten points wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, I I think both teams play tight. These are obviously two great defenses and meh offenses. These are also teams that have been very run heavy. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially look at Michigan over the last two weeks. So no Jim Harbaugh, right? Um, they are a 91 to 31 run pass ratio. Like, I mean, McCarthy won a game where he like didn't throw a pass. Yeah. <laughs> so... In Ohio State, much more balanced. They've been 67-66 in that stretch. Stretch, But Travion Henderson is healthy now. And I think that Ohio State should have success running the football. They've allowed 17 points or less in every game this season, Ohio State. I just don't see – I don't see how under 46 is not the best bet on this game. Both teams are going to run the football. It's going to be a, 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 you know, heavy – Dirty, grinded out, physical football game. Yeah, I think points are going to be hard to come by. And I, I looked at that, and I was talking to one of my, uh, one of the guys, one of my, uh, my vetoes, as Fez would call them. Thirty-two degrees. I mean, come on. About this game being a, an under, and he was like, "Well, the last two years, a lot of points." And I was like, "Well, the last two years, C.J. Stroud played for Ohio State." Yeah, and that's good. C.J. Stroud's pretty good at football. Um, I, 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 Cal McCord's not very good at football, in my opinion. So. I, uh, I I think my favorite play would be the under. I may even look at a first half under. I, I think there's like some real, like a real feeling out process. And you know these teams are going to play tight. You know that if it's like, you think anybody's going for it on fourth and two in the first half? No. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're going to punt. Late in the game, who knows? Early in this game, nobody wants to be the first team to mess up. 
So maybe maybe I isolate it to that. I generally, if you had to play a, a full like cider total, I like under 46, 46 and a half, if you can find that. Uh, but I, I may like that under twenty three in the first half better than than all those things. Okay, I can be on board with that. All right, let's look at Kentucky at Louisville. Kentucky catching seven on the road. Fifty and a half is the total. Kentucky's just melted. And I, I lost with them last week against a pathetic South Carolina defense that they made look like they were awesome. Uh, Louisville's not a pathetic defense. Louisville has the, – the, the worry is they've got look ahead to the ACC title game, I guess. But I, I don't know. This is – for a first-year head coach, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game would be huge. Beating your in-state rival would be huge for recruiting purposes. And Kentucky, like the more you look back at what they've done, their best win this season is Florida, who's probably not going to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Devin Leary's having maybe the most disappointing season of any of the transfer quarterbacks. We thought he would be like an impact guy. He stinks. I Maybe I'm just bitter about Kentucky from a week ago, but that was just such a pathetic showing in a, a spot where they really should have broken up a bad stretch. I don't trust the Cats, so I, I lean to Louisville here. What do you think? I like Louisville, but I think this is going to be a really close game. Um, and, and I think it's going to be one of those games where you have a team in Kentucky that is down and out, right? And this is their Super Bowl. Like, this is this is the biggest game for them. They've won four in a row in this series. And you come into this game losing five of your last six games, you throw the records out in the rivalry game like this. I think this is one where they rally the troops and keep this thing close. Well, I, Louisville certainly has more to play for. Kentucky's already bowl eligible. If Kentucky well, had, Louisville's already in the ACC championship game. Right. But if they if they win the ACC, like two losses, I don't know if they're in a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't know. I, I mean, ACC champ gets in. Well, no, I'm saying if they if they lose in the ACC, I mean, oh, if they lose in the ACC championship, yeah, yeah, yeah like I, I don't know, I, I but this is um, if it, they lose this game and then win the ACC championship, they're still getting yeah, the that's true, game. yeah, uh, but Kentucky, like if I wish Kentucky had five wins right now, yeah, I know it'd be, like, be a lot easier, yeah, I'd, I'd like Kentucky them. plus seven. I just what they did last week was embarrassing, mm-hmm. like it's turned me off of them completely. All right, Texas A and M plus eleven and a half at LSU, total is sixty six and a half. LSU uh, put on a show last week. They said, hey, you don't think Jane Daniels is the high? And by the way, remember, Bo Nix started the day with six touchdowns before halftime, by yeah. the way. Uh, and Bo Nix didn't, didn't play anymore. It, um, it was, a, it was an, a hell of a showing by Bo Nix. And LSU said, well, that's the, that's the top guy. We've got to, uh, we got to one-up him. So LSU went out and just embarrassed Georgia State and Jaden Daniels eight touchdowns accounted for. They are rolling offensively. I, I their def- their defense continues to be bad. I think this though is a spot to to just this is the, an, a typical LSU game. The offense is going to be great. The defense is going to be bad. I like the over here. I think Jimbo Fisher being gone is the best thing that could possibly happen to this Aggie offense. Letting Bobby Petrino have full control of the offense is ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jimbo taking over in key moments. That, that's what was. That's what killed them. Uh, let him have some fun. And I, I haven't heard about Bobby Petrino like being looked at as as the head coach. But 
I don't know, if he puts up 70 points, like, aren't people going to go, well, maybe. I mean, it's it's worth an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, LSU is still going to try to give Jaden Daniels some numbers. Aggie secondary is a question mark. I think LSU, if I had to pick a side, it'd be LSU. I think LSU is going to put up crooked numbers here. But I do believe there's an upgrade to, to A&M offensively without Jimbo's fingerprints on it. So I... I'll lean to LSU, but I like the over here. I think you're in for a shootout. Um, that's the first time. The first thing that I looked at in this game was just thinking, all right, well, we're probably going to get uh, a ton of points. Total is 66 with, with good reason. Yeah. Here. Uh, Texas A&M won last year 38-23. The Aggies have a two-game winning streak despite the firing of Jimbo Fisher. Um, Texas A&M, um, they've lost three conference games by a combined total of 16 points. Keep it close. Yeah. I think LSU wins. I don't think they cover. And I think it's a high-scoring game. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And the fact that they kept it close at Ole Miss gives me – I mean, maybe maybe I should be looking at, uh, at at A&M a little closer than I am. It just feels like they're going to be so hard to keep up with LSU. Like it, like, mm-hmm. uh, But – who knows? I, I, that's why I think maybe the over is going to be my only play on this game, and I'll just w- w- hope the scoreboard lights up. That's I think that's the way to approach this thing. All right, Alabama, 14.5-point favorites at Auburn. The Iron Bowl, 48.5 is the total. Auburn absolutely no-showed last week against New Mexico State, which Yuck. It, it, maybe it should have been a little expected given this game was on deck. Hugh Free spent the week recruiting instead of planning for the uh, New Mexico State game. Does that mean they come out with a great script against Alabama? Maybe. Maybe you look at them in the first half. That might not be a bad call. I, I certainly can't get to this number on power ratings. So the question is, how confident am I in my Auburn power rating? And the question is not very. Like I, I still have Auburn rated higher than maybe I should. And I, like when I went back and looked at their wins, UMass, Cal, Samford, not Stanford, Samford, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. There's not a decent win amongst that group. There's there's not a guaranteed bowl team amongst that group. They did compete at home against Ole Miss. They did compete at home against Georgia. They, they lost both those games by seven. I think you're going to get their best effort here. Hugh Freeze, a good coach as an underdog. Good guy to back as an underdog. Bama has only covered twice since 2015. Auburn's covered seven of the last nine at home in this series. I think off of a massively disappointing performance, I lean to Auburn being at least feisty in this game, though I may want to look at them in the first half and, and try and just capitalize on what it, what I think is two weeks of script being put together uh, for, for this this game. So, uh, But I, I lean to Auburn here. What do you think? I don't hate it because this is Alabama's just final tune-up before playing against Georgia, but I also think that Alabama wants to win by margin here because let's say they do beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they want to they want to give no doubt to the committee that they are one of the four best teams in, in the country that deserves to get into the college football playoff. So uh, in another, anytime you have a chance to put up big numbers and impress the committee, I think you have to do it. So I don't think Alabama takes their foot off the pedal in the fourth quarter. All right, Arizona minus 10.5 at Arizona State. Total of 50.5. Welcome to Arizona. You know, look at the top 15 team. Wild, right? Arizona's got a chance to get to 10 wins. 
I don't even look up when's the last time Arizona had 10 wins. They have an outside shot at the Pac-12 title game, though they'll know by Saturday if Oregon wins or not. Like, I mean, if Oregon State wins, then Arizona's live. Yeah, I'll lay it out for you right here. If we look at the Pac-12 standings right now, we have um, Washington's already in, and Oregon wins, they're in. If uh, Oregon State wins, then Arizona, with a win, wins the tiebreaker against Oregon State. Okay. They've had one 10-win season since 1998. Wow. Wow. That was Rich Rod, went 10-4 and four the year they lost in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that was 2014. But, I mean, this is what – a, what a phenomenal coaching job by Jed Fish. Um, th- this is I, – I, I don't know. I, I, I'm very infatuated with this Arizona team. Yeah. And Well, Fafita at quarterback just completely changed, yeah. changed their season around. Uh, my power ratings make this an easy play on Arizona, mm-hmm. but it is a, a rivalry game. I just don't trust Arizona State's offense to do anything. I, I like, I I don't know who's going to play quarterback for Arizona State. Borgay got got benched last week, mm-hmm. and he stinks. So I, I none of the other guys they brought in were any better. Um, Arizona State's dominated this rivalry for so long, and I think when that happens. And you're the better team all of a sudden, you get a chance to bully. Yeah, but Arizona uh, broke the losing streak last year winning yeah. this game. It just feels like this. I mean, this is the best team Arizona's had in a long time. Yeah. And this might be the worst Arizona State's been in a long time. This feels like a spot to run it up on a rival. Like yep. Uh, so I, I'd, I lean to Arizona here. I, I'd like a, I'd like a 10 still, mm-hmm. but. Um, it, oh, that's where I'd go. Yep. Yeah, at ten and a half. Yeah, I, I certainly lean that way. All right, Vanderbilt plus twenty seven at Tennessee. Total of fifty six and a half. The, Vanderbilt's done competing. Um, <laughs> last season, Tennessee was a fourteen point favorite at Vandy, and they won that game fifty six to zero. They had over five hundred yards of offense. They were almost they almost tripled them up in time of possession. Like that's how embarrassing it was. Now they're at home. And Vanderbilt, like I said, they're just they're not competing. They no. they they've been outscored one eleven to twenty eight mm-hmm. in they, their last three games. They've covered one time in nine straight losses. <laughs> and Tennessee is three zero ATS this year when favored by twenty or more points. Yeah, I don't love this Tennessee team, but Vanderbilt's last game they lost forty seven to six to South Carolina. Yeah. Like it, it, that's embarrassing. But they've been, Tennessee's been good in the bully role at home. They beat UConn by fifty six. They beat UTSA without Frank Harris by thirty one. I just don't think Vandy's a serious football program, so uh, it's Vols or nothing for me. I, 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 and again, you know, I don't like this Tennessee team, but I, I think I like them here. Uh, Tennessee minus twenty-seven or nothing for me. Yep, big win. All right, uh, BYU plus seventeen at Oak State. I've been saying BYU's the worst team in the conference, and then they showed up and gave Oklahoma a game. So now I'm confused, but I still think without without Slovis, who I, I guess he's questionable, or but. I've also heard that that Retzloff they they want to play him even if Slovis comes back. So I don't know what the plan is, but I what I do know is Oklahoma State's going to get whatever they want on the ground. And obviously, if they get a win here, they're in the Big Twelve title game. They don't have to worry about any tiebreakers. You also you cannot back BYU on the road. They are zero and four in conference away from home this year, losing by twenty six points per game. Yeah, that's a lot. That's embarrassing. I, I think you get a focused effort 
from Okie State. I think I may like their team total over more than the point spread. Okay. Uh, 17 feels like a lot, but I, I know they're going to have success running the ball. Like, they're going to get whatever they want on the ground. So yeah, BYU allows 177.6 rushing yards per game. Ugh. So, I, I think Oklahoma State's team total may be the way to look at this thing. But if, if it forced me to play a side, I'm, I'm certainly playing Oklahoma State just because BYU's just been so pathetic on the road. Uh, all right. Uh, you feel the same way? Yep. Liberty. Liberty Bibbity. Minus 17 at UTEP. Boy, how huge would this be for Liberty? If Liberty wins and Tulane loses, Liberty is going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. Not necessarily. Because they'll be, they'll be the highest ranked group of five team. What if they lose to New Mexico State? Liberty's undefeated. They ain't losing to New Mexico State. Look who Liberty's played. Liberty has the trashiest schedule. I'm like the fact that they already beat New Mexico State 33-17. They're not losing. That's fine. The fact that Liberty is even in the top 25 is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. They've they've played the most poverty schedule ever. I like know, preseason, they gave out their win total over nine. I would yeah. I would argue for like Toledo. If Toledo wins the MAC, I would argue Toledo deserves it more uh, than Liberty. But. Liberty's going to want to run the ball and get out of Dodge. I, I imagine at some point they'd like to get Salter out of the game. Uh, we already know they're playing New Mexico State next week. They host they host New Mexico State in the Conference USA title game. Um, I, I don't see much reason for them to go for margin, though. And while defensively Liberty isn't great, they should be good enough to hold UTEP down and, and just control the clock. UTEP has nothing to play for. They stink anyway. Liberty just doesn't want to lose. I think I like the under, under 57 and a half. I, I, I know Liberty's a, an over team, but situationally it feels like this is a, you know, a, a get out of dodge game. I don't know why more power five teams are not, are not calling Jamie Chadwell. What he did at Coastal Carolina and what he's done in his first year here at Liberty – is just outright impressive. Caden Salter is third in the country in points responsible for per game. He's only behind Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he's like pretty that's good. That's how good he's been this year. He is pretty damn good. Uh, what, what's your lean on this game? Liberty. Okay. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a salary chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner And maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? 
is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Washington State plus 16 and a half at Washington, the Apple Cup. Uh, we're talking about a lot of spots and motivation this week, mm-hmm. and you would think that that would really set up well for this Washington State team. Washington has clinched a spot in the Pac 12 title game. They probably have some look ahead uh, to a likely rematch with Oregon. They're coming off a really physical game against Oregon State. Washington State needs to win to be bowl eligible. And they may have some confidence after blowing out Colorado last week, but they're just tough to back. Part of why I liked Oregon State last week was because Washington can be run on. Washington State doesn't even try to run. like They just throw the ball around. And Washington's secondary is so good. Um I, I, this, it just, it means they're going to be, there, there's not going to, the thing that Oregon State had going for them in that game against Washington, and the, the reason why Oregon State was able to come from behind and make it a game late was you saw P- Michael Penix on the sideline for almost the entire second half. Mm-hmm. Like he was just sitting there with a, like waiting to play with a, a coat on, like, because Oregon State controlled the ball. Washington State's not going to be able to do that. Um, I, and Washington's obviously going to stay motivated because, like we said, every game's a playoff game for them. Uh, I, I guess I lean to Washington here. I, it's a big number to lay in a rivalry game. I, I don't want to do it, but if I had to play a side, that that'd be the side I'd play. Yeah, I don't think there's a look ahead to uh, Oregon. Uh, I think that Washington is going to just put the stamp on this, the final rivalry game, as both members of the same conference. And I think at home they're going to want to put up a big number. I think Michael Penix is going to want to get back in the Heisman race or, you know, get back over Bo Nix in the Heisman race. I mean, that 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 matchup the next week is what's going to decide yeah, sure, it anyway. Sure, Washington put up 51 points in this game last season, and I don't see a reason why they don't do that again. All right, Florida State – Minus six and a half at I Florida. I can't do it. Total is 50 and a half. These are two teams with backup quarterbacks. Florida starting a kid named Max Brown. He and is a paid roadmaker. Yeah. A, a Rodemaker. Yeah. Um, it, Max Brown's a three star recruit. So he's not like this, some stud. But what he does do that Graham Mertz can't is run the football. Mm. It, Florida needs this win to get into a bowl game. And a week ago, I didn't think it was possible. Jordan Travis injury like opens up the possibility. Uh, Rodemaker is not good. I uh, got a good chunk of playing time last week, though. I, I, I don't think much of him. I'm going to wait on this game because I think I might get a seven. And if I get a seven, I want to back Florida here. I, I think Florida can have some success running with their quarterback. Jane Daniels had success running against Florida State. Uh, we saw uh, Castellanos from uh, BC have success running against them. 
I'm looking for a flat seven. I right now at the screen, there's a couple minus sevens or plus seven minus one twenties. If I get a, a a minus or a plus seven minus one ten to pop, that's where I'm going to go. Um, I, I'm going to hope that some some public money comes on the Seminoles here. But at the current number, I still lean Florida. I, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't want anything to do with this Florida State team right now. I don't want anything to do with them. Not with uh, without Jordan Travis. Uh, selfishly, I want Florida State to win this game because I want to bet against them against Louisville in the ACC championship game. So I want the false sense of. Uh, oh, this team's going to be fine, and then they put up a number that is not accurate against Louisville. Because I think what happens when your quarterback gets hurt is the team obviously responds in-game, right? They rally around the quarterback, and I think the first week the team will rally around. Guys will step up in this game. But then I think with you know more time to prepare, more film out on the backup quarterback, I think the talent discrepancy shows. And so I think if Florida State gets by this game against Florida, they're going to lose in the ACC championship game. Yeah, they might lose it either way. I like for me selfishly, I just I don't want Florida State in the playoff, so yeah. I just want them to lose sooner than yeah. later. But I do, I, and you know, I don't think much of this Florida team, but they are better at home. Certainly, remember they beat Tennessee at home outright. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just it's hard to to want to lay any kind of number with Florida State right now. Uh, on the road, like it's just uh, yuck. Uh, all right, Notre Dame minus twenty six at Stanford, fifty one and a half is the total. Notre Dame's trying to finish out on a high note. It's been, I'd say, it's been a disappointment. You know, considering the upgrade at quarterback they got, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's hard to dump on them too much. They, they pushed Ohio State to the brink. They lost at Louisville, which turns out that's not the worst loss. They they lost at Clemson. But they've bounced back after every loss this season, including smacking around Wake Forest last week. Early in the season, I was like, I don't want to lay a big number with Notre Dame. I didn't trust their offense enough to lay a big number with them. It seems like they've started to figure it out late. Their three win, their their last three wins, 28-point win, 51-point win, 38-point win. They're starting to get it. And Stanford is so bad on offense. They have little help, little hope of running the ball against Notre Dame. Uh, Stanford, but here's the thing about Stanford. Their defensive numbers on the surface look just terrible. But you got to remember, they play in the Pac-12 against all these high-flying offenses. Maybe they're not as garbage uh, as their numbers suggest. The Notre Dame offense has been worse on the road significantly. I don't think Stanford does much of anything on offense. I think I like the under in this game. I think I like under 51.5. I wouldn't because I think Notre Dame picks their number. I think they score maybe – they might put up a 50-burger in this game. Uh, Stanford beat Notre Dame last season. They, they shocked yeah. them. And so this is Notre Dame playing with revenge. Notre Dame is 3-1 and one ATS this season when favored by more than 20 points. Stanford 0-5 against ranked teams this year. Four of those losses are by 35 points or more. I think yeah. Notre Dame absolutely blows them out. It could be like a 48-10 to 10 type game. I just worry because, I mean, Notre Dame, like I said, I guess the, the – like. The road games for Notre Dame have been their toughest games, mm-hmm. so I guess maybe that's why their their offensive numbers look worse on the road. Uh, it'll probably end up being a pass for me. Um, all right, let's look at Georgia at Georgia Tech. Bulldogs laying twenty four on the road. Fifty nine and a half is the total. Georgia Tech is so hard to get a read on. Um, they've got some some data points that make you think they can hang around with quality teams. They they pushed Louisville. Back in week one, which in hindsight, that's like a, a 
they like you play Louisville within one score, that's awesome. They had a fourth quarter lead in that game. Um, they they started the collapse of Miami, mm-hmm. you know, with that win at Miami. But that game was sandwiched with a loss to Bowling Green and getting blown out by Boston College. So I don't know what to make of them. What I do know is they're going to go all out to hang in this game. I, I don't know if there's much reason for Georgia to want to get margin. I expect them to run, 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 get off the field, and be ready for that game against Alabama next week. This is maybe the most competitive team Georgia Tech's had since, like, 2016. And this Georgia team's not as dominant as the last two seasons. I I kind of lean to the Yellow Jackets hanging around. I think even more, I just like the under 59.5 in this game. I, I, I don't think Georgia has any reason to run it up. I don't know that Georgia can run it up if they want to. Uh, and with look ahead, I, it seems like they're just going to want to get out of dodge. They're going to want to run the ball and keep the clock moving. Georgia has won the last five games in this rivalry mm-hmm. by an average of 33.6 points per game. Yeah. They've blown them out. And I just love the name of this rivalry, clean, old-fashioned hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but th- remember, this Georgia Tech team is different now. They're, this isn't like a triple option team anymore. Like, yeah, it, but I, the Georgia defense has done great against opposing quarterbacks lately. But you agree this this Georgia defense is not what it's been the last two sure, years. but if Haynes King turns the football over, Georgia's going to run it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think the under is the way I want to look at this thing. I, I don't think Georgia's offensively is going to put up much, and I I mean I, I don't think Georgia Tech's going to do much on on offense either. Uh, but I, I do think Georgia does a lot of running the football and and gets the hell out of there. All right, let's look at another rivalry game. What, what is, is this the Palmetto game? Is that what they call it? Something like the Palmetto Palmetto State. I don't know what it is. Clemson minus seven at South Carolina. I got burned fading South Carolina last week, uh, but I think maybe that was more of an indictment of Kentucky than anything positive about Carolina. But Clemson's now won and covered three straight games, and it, it it's kind of it kind of saved what was on its way to just a disaster season. Yeah, uh, by beating Notre Dame and, and North Carolina, they are seven and one in the last eight in this matchup, five and three ATS. I generally am still down on the South Carolina team, who they're awful against the run, which should be ideal for Clemson. That said, I, I can't back Clemson knowing South Carolina's fighting for that sixth win to get bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Rattler threw for 360 yards against Clemson last year in a South Carolina win. I don't know if they win it here, but I think they can hang within a touchdown at home. I, I, I'd lean to South Carolina, I think. I, I Again, Clemson getting margin, no thanks. That's just my general philosophy on life. Yeah, that's the only way I'd kind of look at it is uh, South Carolina at home. I mean, I, the revenge spot says Clemson, and the way that they've played lately, especially that game against North Carolina last week, was impressive. And they have pulled themselves back into the top 25 rankings. So uh, what was a disaster of a season is finishing up nicely. Three straight wins. They could end the season with four straight wins. Be very impressive. All right. Staying in the Carolinas, let's look at North Carolina at North Carolina State. Uh, I was surprised to see UNC as a, a field goal favorite here. North Carolina minus three. Uh, total of 55 and a half. The wheels have come off for North Carolina. Yeah. Had an awesome start, and now they've they've lost four of the five four of their last five ATS, three of those outright, nearly lost to Duke. The only comfortable win was against an FCS school, Campbell. They've fallen outside the top 90 in most defensive metrics now. They've been eliminated from ACC title contention. Meanwhile, NC State 
playing their best football of the season. They won four straight, straight up, and ATS, including a win over Clemson that's suddenly looking better. Their defense is a top 20 unit now. They have a strong home field. They've won 17 of their last 20 games straight up at home. NC State's won the last two in this matchup, five of the last seven. They're playing way better right now. I think this is an example of the wrong team's favorite here. I, I like North Carolina State in this game. I like the over. I think both these teams are going to score. I mean, you know, North Carolina hasn't shown the ability to stop anybody. And, you know, offensively, they're going to chuck the ball around the field and score. And I think NC State, you're right, they probably win this game outright. Uh, I would lean NC State. I don't feel strongly about it. I like the over 55, though, 55 and a half. I mean, any, anytime you're fading North Carolina's defense, I think you're yeah. probably on the right side of things. Uh, all right, Iowa State plus nine and a half at Kansas State, total of 47 and a half. Kansas State's basically cooked for the Big 12 championship hopes. Uh, head-to-head losses to Texas and Oklahoma State, so that that stinks for them. But I still have them in my power ratings. The only team in the Big 12 I have them behind is Texas, and they're not very far behind Texas. And I love backing Kansas State at home. 6-0 and straight up in ATS at home this year. These are the cover margins in those games. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just how many they won by. This is how many they covered by. 17, 14, 32 and a half, 23 and a half, 13. The closest game they've played at home all year, a 13-point win against Central Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't see this this Kansas State team as a team who is going to have like reduced effort just because they're uh you know, they can't win the conference. Like they that doesn't feel like them to me. Iowa State's not fared well when they've stepped up in competition either. They're 0 and 3 straight up ATS uh against ranked teams with a minus eight point per game ATS margin. And that doesn't include Iowa, who wasn't ranked at the time, but still won and covered uh, at Iowa State. I, I like Kansas State here. I, I, I'm surprised this is on the uh, on the good side of, of 10. Yeah, Kansas State, three and one uh, ATS when favored by double digits. So even if it, get, it does get to 10, they have a good trend here. Uh, I think this is an under game. These are two of the best defenses in the conference. And it could be, you know, just an old-fashioned slugfest between between these two. So 47-and-a-half, I would lean under. All right, let's get to best bets. Before we do, tell the people how they can save some money at pregame. Well, we got a great offer going on right now for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. We know there's a ton of college football action. There's also a ton of NFL action, college basketball, and, of course, the NBA and NHL. So we are giving you one of the best offers that we've ever given you here on this podcast. You can get the extended holiday weekend all access, which is the entire holiday weekend from your favorite pregame pro. And the price, $25. Damn. So you get the entire holiday weekend for the same price as one normal best bet. Think about that. You can, how many bets does AJ or, or 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 do I have on Thursday, Friday, Saturday? So you get the whole holiday weekend for twenty five bucks. That's incredible. That's a great offer. Use the promo code Turkey twenty five in honor of Thanksgiving. Turkey twenty five gets you the extended holiday weekend all access for only twenty five dollars. You must act now to get this extra value. Again, Turkey twenty five at pregame dot com. All right, let's get to best bets. Uh, I'll take the lead here, and I'm going to go with Jacksonville State 
minus two at New Mexico State. This is Jacksonville State's bowl game. Uh, their waiver to play in one has been denied. Meanwhile, New Mexico State, we already talked about it. We know they're locked into the conference title game. They're coming off arguably, I don't even know if it's arguable, the, the biggest win in program history. Yeah, uh, You beat Auburn at Auburn. That's a pretty big deal. I expect New Mexico State will rest some starters here. But even if they don't, I think Jacksonville State's going to have a ton of success moving the ball against an Aggie team that's barely in the top 100 in success rate allowed against the run. I think this is is one of the biggest motivational slash situational advantage games that we're going to see all week. I think Jacksonville State plays with their hair on fire, and I, I think just from a matchup standpoint, they've got some real edges. And New Mexico State is fat and happy right now. Uh, they are playing in their conference title game, no matter what happens in this game. Mm-hmm. They, they just got $1.7 million to, to go beat Auburn at their building. They're enjoying life right now. There's really not much of a reason for them to to play their starters, honestly. Uh, I don't know that they're going to sit them the whole game, but don't be surprised if uh, Diego Pavia is sitting in the second half or something Makes like sense. that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like Jacksonville State, who, again, like I said, this is their bowl game. They, they, they've been so good this year. You talk about teams that there's going to be teams in bowl games that have no business playing a bowl game. Mm-hmm. We're talk, we talked about all these crummy teams that are like trying to get to their sixth win. Jacksonville State's better than so many of these guys. It's unfortunate the rules, uh, but I, I think they're just looking at looking at it like, hey, the, all the more reason for us to go out and show out here. So Jacksonville State minus two uh, will be my first best bet. All right, I have two best bets, and I'm going to give you the choice of which one you want first. You want the heavy favorite, or you want the ugly dog? <laughs> Let's do Ugly Dog first. Ugly Dog first. Fine. We're going Central Michigan plus 10.5 against Toledo. The Chippewa have their entire season on the line in this game. Win, and they get to a bowl game, lose, and the season's over. Meanwhile, Toledo, they got much bigger fish to fry. They're looking ahead to the MAC title game against Miami of Ohio. This is a Central Michigan team that is 4-0 at home this year. And Toledo struggling a little bit on the road. Three of their four road wins were by single digits. They almost lost last week, and that was their first game after clinching the Mac West title, which kind of showed me that they're already taking it easy. This is strictly a situational handicap for me because I'm going to go with the desperate home team against a fat and happy Toledo team that might pull their starters in the second half, knowing that they have the MAC championship game next week. So I'm going to take the 10.5 points with a feisty, good home team in Central Michigan in some really cold weather there in uh, where where is this game being played. Uh, obviously, it's in Central Michigan. I don't know where the uh, – uh, Kalamazoo is Western Michigan, right? So Central Michigan is where? In Mount Pleasant, Michigan, the, the beautiful metropolis of Mount yeah, Pleasant. There you go. Won't be pleasant for Toledo on Friday <laughs> as Central Michigan keeps it close. You think they win? As Central Are you Michigan sprinkling? keeps it close. I might sprinkle. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Be wild, man. Toledo's be, be wild. I just I mentioned Toledo's one of the teams I'd look at as like a one of the G five reps. So I mean that'd be a it'd be a, a huge they upset. But uh certainly. All right. For my next best bet. I'm going to go to UTSA plus three and a half at Tulane. You and I have been against Tulane a lot of times this season in that contest. Normally we've done well. They got us this last week. They were one of our losses. 
Uh, they got some margin against Florida Atlantic. They're, but they're only 2-5 and five ATS in conference. They're just not getting margin. Meanwhile, Roadrunners, 7-0 and since getting Frank Harris back in the lineup. 5-2 and two ATS in those games. The margin in those games, plus 9 points per game ATS. Mm-hmm. Tulane has been bad against the pass. I can picture Frank taking this game over in his last hurrah before he gets out of Dodge. Tulane, I think, is going to have a hard time running the football here. And it's just hard to trust Tulane when it's felt like they're sleepwalking through this whole season. I know this is a big game for them. It's a big game for for UTSA. The winner of this game likely has a date with SMU. And this UTSA team, to me, has played in enough big games the last few years that I think they can hang in this game, if not win it outright. Uh, I I love that they've got a a quarterback in Frank Harris who is not going to be afraid of the moment. Uh, and is a dual threat. I I love UTSA plus three and a half. I will be sprinkling some on the money line. So uh, UTSA plus three and a half, best bet for me. I don't hate it at all. Again, I I like fading uh, Tulane for sure. And I I think it's it's like a battle of two quarterbacks that are are very, very talented, not household names. By the way, I think SMU is going to win the conference. SMU's figured it out. Like yeah. I, SMU was one of my favorite teams coming into the season. They they look just like a force right now. But this again, we talk about playoff games, early playoff games. This is like a uh, a conference title eliminator game. It's a playoff game for both teams. Uh, give me the dog plus three and a half. All right, I'm gonna lay the wood here in this next game, and I'm gonna lay it with Texas. AJ. Okay. Now here, what's the latest number we have in this game? Is Texas laying what? 12 and a half? 12 and a half. Okay. I'll lay the 12 and a half. Texas Tech earned bowl eligibility last week. Yep. They're not going to roll over and die, but they won't have the same intensity because they already know they're playing in the postseason. Texas, meanwhile, looking to lock up their spot in the title game. And they also need style points if they want to climb up the college football playoff ladder. A blowout win here over Texas Tech. A Texas Tech team that pushed Oregon to the brink will look really good when comparing the two teams, when comparing Oregon and Texas, because you look at, hey, Texas has a win over Alabama. Well, let's look at common opponents. Oregon struggled with Texas Tech. Texas blew out Texas Tech. Yeah. It's a good, I'm not saying that's how the committee's going to do it, but if Texas wants that shot at getting to the college world playoff, you win this game with margin. Texas is number one in the nation in third down defense, so I think they'll be able to get Texas Tech off the field. And it's a revenge spot after Texas Tech upset them last year. Texas Tech has not won two straight over Texas since 1998. They're certainly not winning this one. Will they cover? I don't think they do. I think Texas wins big because the close wins over the past few weeks are a wake-up call. They know how important this game is. Texas puts up a big number here against Texas Tech. My worry is Texas Tech has won three straight games. Morton, since he came back from injury, looks like a competent quarterback. Their third string guy, after Shuck got hurt and and then Morton got hurt, like he was a joke. I, I do agree it's an audition for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um but Tech had winning those three games, like you said, one they got them bowl eligibility. It, it worries me they're going to play loose. Like they got nothing to lose. They're just going all out. This is probably the last time they play Texas. Uh, this is a historically one sided rivalry 54 18 all time for Texas. Three of those 18 wins 
have come in the last 10 years, though. So Texas Tech's been fun. But remember, the last 10 years, Texas has been about as down as they've been. And this version of Texas is not the last 10 years version of Texas. That's why we're talking about Texas maybe being a playoff team. Um, Obviously, I think Texas is going to be motivated because the Big 12 moving all the goalposts with the uh, yep. with the conversation about tie breaks. The one thing that really worries me is if there were ever a game where I could see Big 12 officials having some kind of shenanigans. Oh, okay. That won't happen. Okay. It can't happen. It can't. It can't. It opens up a whole Pandora's box. It would not shock me is all I'm saying. That worries me a little bit here. Um, I, I agree with all the things you're saying about Texas needing to get margin, like for style points. I think it's big for them right now because they, I, the, I, that discussion, if it comes down to Alabama, Oregon, and Texas for two spots is going to be so fascinating to see how it plays out in my opinion. Uh, but you're right. Style points will matter. So... Um, I generally agree with your handicap. I worry that the Big 12 is is doing everything they can to keep Texas out of out of the Big 12 championship game. So okay. that that worries me a little bit. All right, that's it. That is our that's that's the regular season for us. That wraps up our regular mm. season, Scott. Uh, it's been fun. Hope you guys have had fun as well. Hope you guys have made some money along the way. Uh, we're going to keep doing this thing, though. We'll be back next week for for conference championship week. It'll probably be a shorter episode than normal, but we'll be here. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be, have another good week in the contest, get, get back up in the mix here. That's the game plan anyway. As always, I'll, I'll tweet out the ticket. Uh, I don't know when I'll tweet it out this week. I may have to go, may have to go submit early because there's so many early week games. Yeah. We'll have to look at the yep. contest and see uh, when we want to jump in that thing. Obviously, it won't be Wednesday night because we'll be working pretty late, but uh, we'll, we'll figure that out as the week goes on. All right, Scott, appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Tell your friends. Uh, tell them to to you know give us a five star review uh, on your podcast player if you if you don't mind. If you have already, you know steal your mom's phone at Thanksgiving, steal your aunt your aunt Pat's phone at Thanksgiving, and, and leave a five star review for us. We will talk to you guys next week. Good luck and enjoy the feast. <laughs>